This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It's I, Stephen Scott. I don't know if that's even grammatically correct or the right use of English language yeah. because, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've got uh, Sean Priest here with me. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. No, it wasn't. Tim Schwartz is also here. Hello, Tim. <laughs> hello, Stephen. Uh, I- I'm just not very impressed this week with the world, to be honest. It's just a complete shambles. Oof. Welcome to the show, wow. listeners. Yeah, welcome. No, it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Trump still running the show, uh, democracy in America pretty much gone, uh, Brexit, the UK is destroyed, and uh, coronavirus will wipe the rest of us out. So basically, that's what we've got to look forward to. <laughs> wow. And what's coming up in today's show, Stephen? <laughs> so glad we're a technology show. Do you know something? Uh, so am I, because that's exactly, we can bury our head in the uh, bottomless pit of technology, and that's just the cupboard where the tech is. No, everything is absolutely fine. <laughs> it's how you perceive the world. Everything's great. <laughs> Everyone's lovely. God bless us. So how are the drugs, Sean? They're great. They seem to be working <laughs> for you. Um, well, yes, we have got lots to talk about. We're not going to talk about all that stuff. Honestly, it's, it's so depressing. And uh, it's interesting. I was thinking about this on, on the way in today. I was thinking, you know, I, we are so lucky that we don't have to focus on any of this. Imagine these guys that do the news shows. Uh, day in, day out, sitting there telling everyone how terrible everything is. Dreadful. Uh, well, anyway, open a can of something nice. Uh, soft drinks, obviously. Obviously. Um, if you're operating heavy machinery. And if you are operating heavy machinery, say it's a some kind of vehicle, and you're blind, I'd be maybe having words with your manager. Well um, done. You're an inspiration. Aren't I just? Uh, I'm looking out for the little guy here. Um, <laughs> so, Yes. Uh, we are gonna we're gonna relax. We're gonna chill out with uh, an hour of talk of tech because uh, that's what we do here, allegedly. At least that's what it says in the description. Anyway, um, yes. So yeah, speaking of descriptions, <laughs> that oh, was a well, not. Oh, that was, oh, well, wow. I've got to oh. say that was the worst possible link because even I didn't know that was coming. Um, <laughs> but yes, audio descriptions. Um, yeah, the, I, I've got to say, this is another thing that, that does my head in. I've picked picked a good topic for this week because I'm in, in the right mood <laughs> to complain, to moan. rant. Yes, yes, I'm in a bit of a ranty mood this week. Wait, you need um, to be in a certain mood for you to complain <laughs> and rant? <laughs> All right, you made me laugh, Tim. Right, okay, fine. I try. Um, okay, so uh, yes, I, I am in a bit of a ranty mood with this one. because Right, so uh, Star Trek Picard is uh, the program that's got a lot of blind people talking at the moment, partly because none of us are able to watch it. Uh, well, in saying well, that... Well, in uh, certain yeah, countries, to be, to be fair, certain countries, just not mine particularly, which is kind of what's annoying me. Now, here's the thing, right? I've never watched an episode of Star Trek in my life, right? Oh, unbelievable. Ooh. I know, shocking, right? But here's the thing. This new series comes along, Star Trek Picard, starring Patrick Stewart, of course, and I thought, you know... It's kind of show my dad watched it a lot, and, and you know, I'd always spend time watching it with him. I mean, he's not dead or anything, he's still with us. You know, but it, it, I'm saying it's just, you know, we did do this. <laughs> Made it sound like he was dead for a second, he's not. Um, but, you know. <laughs> Can we he, just turn up the optimism on today's show, please? Well, good luck with that. Um, st- stick with the optimism if you like, but I, I think you'll find this isn't the place to, to continue. Um <laughs> But no, so, so here's the thing, right? So we, we used to watch this show, and I didn't really know much about it, but I knew 
probably more about it than I would say Star Wars, right? So I was probably more of a Trekkie than a Worry? No, that's maybe the wrong word. Um, yes. But anyway, so uh, I thought, right, okay, so I'm going to give this show a go, right? Give it a, a go, because it'll kind of remind me of those nice days before I'd head out to early oh. work and sit with my dad and we'd have a bit of time and we'd watch a bit of Star Trek and all the rest. So I turn it on. No audio description in the UK. So I'm thinking, right, okay, well, it's on Amazon Prime over here, right? So I'm thinking, well, that'll sort itself out. That will resolve itself. Really? A couple of days. Well, I did. No, I mean, you know, on Amazon a... Prime. Really? Well, the thing with Amazon Prime in the UK is a lot of shows tend to be a bit late to the party with AD. I was a big fan of Preacher, and I was a big fan of, um, what's the other one that I like? Um, oh, The Purge. Oh, yes. I, I think you're starting to see a theme here. Um <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like the. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the series The Purge, and it didn't have AD when it arrived either. But it eventually did. It sort of just arrived a bit late. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. Um, I'll just hang on. And a couple of days went by, and of course, still nothing. And then I started to get a bit ranty on Twitter. That's usually when you know I'm getting annoyed at something because I kick off on there. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah, and still to this day, none. However, in the States, I don't think it was instant, Tim, but it did arrive on CBS All Access with description. It was definitely not instant because I had to spend quite a bit of that weekend on the internet, uh, in messages and email and, and Twitter and all that with the folks at CBS All Access discussing this and, and, and trying to figure out why it's not there. They made it sound like it was supposed to be but it wasn't for several days. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, thankfully, I did have some friends in Canada that, uh, well, they just got, right. yeah. got uh-huh. it first. Okay, get you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, we'll talk about that in a minute, actually, because that, that is an interesting side of this conversation, which we have had before on this show. Um, but, yeah, so I, uh, I I inquired to my Canadian friends as well, you know, what's the deal there? So it's on a channel there called CTV Sci-Fi, so if you're in Canada, obviously, you're going to watch it on that channel. And it does have audio description. Not sure about on demand. I, I, I don't know. But certainly people who were watching it on the telly said it was available with uh, description. And even a friend of ours, uh, Sean, in Australia told us that they were able to watch it. In fact, we're even offering to um, make yes. it available to us. Of course, yes. Um, from Australia, <laughs> a TV show made in the States. Uh, oh, it's so ridiculous, isn't it? What a situation to be in. So that's my kind of opening gambit on this. It's I go back to this thing, and I, you know, it's interesting. We kind of joked a little bit around optimism at the start, but it, it does leave you feeling like you're just second class. In fact, even third class in this conversation. Because the fact that it takes so long for this to happen, and of course I'm talking here from the UK point of view, right? We still don't have AD on this show on-demand TV in this in the UK in particular, just to give people in Canada a, a kind of summary of how it works here. Um, and, and for your sake, Tim, because it would be interesting to compare in the States. But, you know, here in the UK, you've got um, 20% of television is, is mandated that it has to have audio description on it. So that's most TV shows have got uh, audio description at time of broadcast. So if you record a show, if you record a TV, uh, DVR on your box or whatever, then you can watch it, you can watch the series and all that stuff. Uh, on demand, though, is very, very low, and it's only about 9% of all content available on all the TV channels in the UK 
actually is available on demand with audio description. So you think of all the channels, you know, and you know it's like these days, you turn on these uh, satellite TV boxes or cable boxes and you've got like hundreds of channels on there. 9% of all the shows on all of those channels added up, 9% is available on demand. Now, I remember years ago, we used to have the, the discussion at the RNIB in the UK about availability of talking books. And um, it used to be said that if you were to go into a major bookseller, like, for example, I think at the time it was Borders, if you were to go in there, you would be lucky to get a shelf of books to yourself. Yes. One small shelf is all you would be able to access out of that entire store. Floors and floors of books. Hundreds of shelves, but you got one. And they cost $100. That's right, yeah, and it cost an absolute fortune for the audio version. Now, of course, that's changed a lot, and we've seen more availability of that. Uh, And audiobooks are far more available now than they've ever been. And, of course, companies like Amazon, who now own Audible, have made a lot of that possible. And they've made it mainstream, which is how it works, right? So my question is, at least my first question on this, I guess, is how do we make audio description mainstream so that the CITES will get behind it and give us a chance to get equal access to AD on television? Hmm. I don't know if you can. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like audiobooks, if we take that analogy again, um, where people got used to listening to books on their commute or at the gym. I mean, you can do the same thing with audio description. I, I listen to Netflix, you know, when I've got my phone in my pocket and my headphones on, uh, when I'm taking the dog out or something. You know, you can do other things. It enables you. But I think that's slightly different. I don't know. A lot of people don't like audio description. You know, how many times have we heard from people that say, my family don't like it when I have audio description on my program? I'll um, stuff them. Well, yeah, exactly. That is exactly what you should say. I mean, it makes absolutely no difference to anyone. So, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think that's the only way you're going to make it mainstream. Well, but aside oh, Hang on, hang on. No, no, Tim's disagreeing. Hang on. Oh, right, okay. On, Tim. Sorry, Tim. The only thing I would say in disagreement is that when you have audio description on and someone cited is watching, there is a major issue that happens. Now, I, I, I tend to agree with you that, well, if somebody doesn't like it too bad as far as just the voice being there. If that's their only problem, I, I agree. However, the problem is, is that a lot of times the audio description for a TV show or a movie says something before it actually happens so they'll say they ran into the room or this exploded or they whatever you know this happened and then a second or so later it it actually happens and so somebody watching it with vision has that spoiled it'll actually happen two three four seconds later and i wonder about that a lot of times. three second spoiler but a lot of times it's a major (laughs) scene spoiler and and they don't actually get to see it and experience it as it happens. The the voice of the description tells them before it happens. Poor sighted people. No, no, wait, wait, wait. I do hear that argument a lot. And you know what? Sometimes it spoils it for me though too because they'll say it and then I'm like, wait. How many times though? I I haven't experienced that. Oh, I know. I'll I'll tell you, check check out London Has Fallen, you know, the Gerard Butler movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it has a hilarious scene. It's a brilliant example of this, where there's a scene where uh, Westminster Bridge, whoever it is, is uh, being targeted by terrorists, and there's a, a scene which kind of shows the bridge from you know both sides of the, uh, the the river, or just you know the whole picture essentially of the river, and um, 
there's it's a very silent moment, and then the voiceover, the audio description voice says, and the bridge blows up, and then it goes silent, and then you get boom, and it's just like. <laughs> And it's such a damp squib, actually, and it's so funny because you know it's coming now, and it just doesn't have the same impact That's because he exactly is so it. disinterested in the voice. So yeah, I mean, I do, I do agree with you on that point because it, it not is, only spoils um, it for somebody who's watching it visually and is waiting for something to happen, but sometimes it spoils it for me as well because they'll say it, and then several seconds go by, and I'm like, wait, what? And then it happens, and then <laughs> that anticipation is kind of over because I, I, you know what I mean? It's just it's very yeah. awkward, and it does happen That's just way bad too often. Description. Well, that's another side of this conversation. We, 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 I probably won't have time to get into that today, but I think that's another side of this is what's good audio description, what isn't. Here's the good answer. Everything else bad, Netflix best. Um, that's, basically, that's Absolutely it for me. Absolutely right. Yep. I would say Netflix have got it bang on. I don't know who does it for Netflix. I know it's not Netflix themselves. They'll hire a company to do it. Tim, you might know the answer to that. I believe um, most but, of theirs is done by WGBH. I think I've heard some others, but but most of the ones I, I do recall have been done by WGBH. Oh, they're just so good at it. They just they just know how to do it right. And it's a whole, you know, I, I wish I could sit down with these guys and explain it to them. In fact, I, I am lucky in a sense. I do spend some time with a lot of audio describers at various conferences I go to. And I try and explain it in the best way I can. But unfortunately, I am literally the only voice speaking to them about yes. this topic. So it's like, you know, it's me against the world. Honestly, guys, the whole world's on my shoulders. And look at the state it's in. Um, <laughs> it's your fault. It's yeah, all my fault. How much, how much influence do the, do the actual audio describers have? You know, they're following a script, I'm assuming, like anyone else. So, you know, well, it's not it depends, up to them to change. And then it comes down to the, the, the final edit, you know, where they position certain bits of audio. But I think we're getting off the topic here. Yeah, yeah, the point are, yeah. is that... The fact that Picard, which was going to be a huge release, everyone was looking forward to it, and at day one, at the point of release, there was no audio description. Again, on another massive show. And it's just terrible. And how long do we say, okay, we understand there's issues and, you know, we'll get it later on. How how long do we keep saying that? I'm, I'm getting sick of it. I'm definitely getting sick of it. And it's this whole, you know, well, it was supposed to be available at lunch and it's a bug and a day goes by, two days goes by, a weekend goes by, and it's still not there. And, and I don't want to get to you know on uh, cbs all access because they did eventually all access tim all access did you point that out to them all access how yes. ironic yeah. that name I, is i, I did yeah. actually yes uh it is quite ironic um but they did finally get it for f- uh, the first episode now it was what was very unfortunate it was here the second episode came out with audio description from minute one however it was very compressed sounding, had a lot of static in it, and I was told by several sighted people that watched the audio description, you know, I've watched it with audio description with me, the audio, not just the description, but the actual audio for the show wasn't even synced up with the actors' uh, mouths and, and the scenes. Oh, so the, the actual real audio was messed up, the audio description was nasty, but I got in contact with them, and that one at least, they got that taken care of within probably less than 12 hours. But it, it, it's just these kind of growing pains shouldn't be happening anymore. You would think after Daredevil with Netflix so many years ago, that was the catalyst yeah. for Daredevil, where they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have released 
released a blind superhero show without audio description on day one. Probably not a smart move. And that was the day Netflix said, we commit to this. Every one of our originals going forward will have audio description. Anything we try to contract and and get uh, distribution from other companies, we'll make sure to try our best to get description. And and as you you pointed out, Stephen, Netflix has been very good about that. Now, I know you guys don't have uh, Disney Plus quite yet. It'll come out in another month or so. But Woo-hoo. they have actually been very good with audio description thus far. They Anything that didn't have it, they've been adding it. Even the movies and shows that are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, they've been adding it slowly to all those as well. And everything new has had description. So those models of Netflix and Disney are, are what I actually pointed out to CBS All Access a couple times. said, please be like your competitors or you're going to fall behind and lose out on a, a, quite a bit of the market. And I'm hoping this is their daredevil moment that they're going to now say, okay, we get it. And we're going to continue no. to add this because they have put out statements saying we are going to work on our back catalog. We're going to get them described. And, you know, they've actually been taking suggestions as to which shows and movies they should be doing first. I don't care. And I don't care. I, I don't care what they say. No, I don't care what they've had long enough. We've, we've been patient enough. Look, well, hang go- on, hang on. Look, look, but, but just be clear no. on this because no. CBS All Access in the States has provided audio description. Okay, it wasn't instant, but it got there it, and it's there now. Uh, CTV uh, Sci Fi has enabled it in Canada. And that's great. I mean, there's the Canadians who are listening to us are laughing because they're saying, ah, we've got yeah, this it. This was not a uh, problem in Canada. <laughs> no, it's not a problem in Canada. Uh, but it is a problem. And it's strange. And I'm not saying that somehow the UK should be getting this at first because it shouldn't. But it should be at least getting it at the same time. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we're here we are weeks on in. And uh, I checked it again today. And I hope every time I check it. And it's funny because we started recording just before we started. Uh, Sean said, so did you check? Did you really check? And I'm like, actually, I did. The truth be told, I didn't even want to see this damn show. And now I want to see it because it isn't available to me. That's where we are. Do you know, I, I want these broadcasters. I want these distribution companies. I'd love one of them, just one of them, to have the balls to go on, put up a show without pictures. Just one episode. Stick yep. it up without images. Just put the audio on. We'll have the images it. tomorrow. Yeah, well, maybe. We'll see. And only in certain countries. Can you imagine the kick-up if it was a new Game of Thrones or it was the new Star Wars or whatever it is? Oh, yeah, we'll get the pictures to you eventually. We'll post them. Um, It's just nonsense. And and that wouldn't happen. It just would not happen. Uh, And this is why, why I go back to this point about us as a community of blind people. Now, I've got to say, you know, we we might look at this in our bubble, and I'm, almost, I'm very minded of the fact that people who have hearing difficulties actually probably have it a lot worse. You know, not, not everyone who's deaf, for example, reads English. It's not their first language. Uh, sign language may be their only language or, you know, some other method of, of communication. And how accessible is that? Yes. And, and it's probably much worse, actually, when you think about it. Who's speaking up for them? So, you know, it, 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 we're not alone in this. But it is just ridiculous that we're in this stage. And what annoys me, I think, is more than anything else about this particular example is the broadcasters don't actually have to do anything more. They've done the work. They've got the audio description track, whether it's CBS or it's CTV or whether it's whatever network it's on in in Australia. They've done it. Can't we just get that? Well, in a case like this, the show was only released on the streaming service. So it's not like it was on regular cable television first with description and then 
you know, ported over to the streaming service. In this case, it was only on the streaming service. That was the only place it was. But still, the first run of it should have had description. It's not, not like they don't know it exists. They use it for regular, you know, over-the-air television and cable. And so there, there shouldn't have been any question. I honestly, and I don't know this for sure. This is just an assumption based on conversations I've had with other people. When they said, oh, well, we have it. Well, they, didn't, they kind of implied they had it and it was a bug. It was a technological issue and they'll get it there as soon as they could. And then three or four days later, it was there. That kind of implies they forgot or didn't do it, and they, don't they had to rush out, it's get a company to write a script, get the get it recorded, and get the audio description in there as soon as they could. But here's the problem: I think it's the visual nature of it that makes it trickier than audiobooks. I agree with you that it'd be great to make it mainstream and get people to really understand it and get behind it. But the, the fact that people can just sit down, who have you know vision at least, can sit down and watch it. If they walk away, yes, the audio description would be helpful. But typically, they're going to sit down and look at it and enjoy it. Whereas an audiobook that can be done just anywhere. I, to those people, however, I would say something again. Going back to Disney Plus, The Mandalorian that was very popular when it came out this you know this uh, fall or, or winter, really more. Um, a lot of people that were cited enjoyed it because. The audio description didn't treat you as stupid, basically. They treated you as you know somebody who should understand, or if you don't understand, they explained it. So, for instance, if there was a, a particular ship or a particular race of a character in Star Wars or you know whatever it was, they said the name of the race of person. They said the name of the ship. And I've read so many times about people that are cited that have actually enjoyed watching it with audio description because that it, it explained more to them that they than they ever would have gotten watching it without audio description. They got more context and more background because the description was written so well. But that that's that goes what back we to need the point more about of. the quality of the description. Yes. Absolutely. There's two other things that I want to pick up on, and one is about the rule around this. I mean, there are various laws in various countries about how much TV in Canada, for example, and it's the same in the UK. There's a mandated amount of content that has to be made available on television yep, same here, description yeah. and, and and it's the same in the states but unfortunately some of those rules don't apply to on-demand services ridiculous which is irritating um i also think that sharing of audio description um content or whatever the, the rights associated with that would be needs to be leveled across the world so if for example it's recorded if the, whoever's made this show right because i mean it seems about 800 companies are involved in making these shows now but say it's cbs all access that have paid the money to make this show right which i assume it probably is um then if if cbs all access have taken it on they've got it and they've done the audio description then everything as a package should be delivered to every network going forward. Now, yes. I understand differences in language, and that's another issue. And we can language and distribution in different that. ways that international yeah. things happen. But I agree with you, though. I've said this a lot the last couple of weeks with this whole ordeal. We should have a Marrakesh Treaty version exactly. for 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 audio description. We we got such great access to books through the Marrakesh Treaty. We need something internationally to do the same thing for audio described content. And one more thing that I think we need to do, and it's on us as blind people, we've got to stop doing these things down. I've met so many people in the last couple of years who say to me, blind people, who say, I don't use audio description. I don't like it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get it. You might not use it. I don't really read that many books, if I'm totally honest. I know, shocking, eh? I, a blind person, I should <laughs> hang myself. I don't know. But, you know, it's just it's ridiculous. But I don't read a lot of books, but I would always stand up and say... We need access to books the same as everyone else. 
And it's the same with audio description. We, as a community, we've got to stand together because the truth is, I'm standing in that room a couple of years ago talking to a bunch of broadcasters about audio description and talking to audio describers themselves, and I am literally a lone voice. Yeah. Imagine I was the guy who didn't have any interest in audio description at all, and they all walk away saying, well, you know, I met a blind guy today, and he doesn't really care about audio description. Maybe they all hate it. Maybe they all don't like it. Yeah. And I know to, to, you know, and I've had this conversation with a lot of sighted people, and they'll say, well, that's ridiculous. No one would think that. But actually, that is how people think. That's exactly how people think. Our interpretation of the world and how we, we our prism we see the world through is exactly how people get information about us as blind people because, you know, we're not out there that much, right? We're not out in the world enough or as much as we should be. I'm not. So the people who do, well, you're certainly not. Um, but, you know, the fact is that because of that, when people do meet us in the street, when people do talk to us, they are influenced by us to the extent that they think we are all the same. We are one homogenous group who think the same way. Now, of course, the way around that is to say, well, do all black women think the same way? Do all gay men think the same way? No, they don't, right? Everybody is unique, have their own views. You know, one person likes coffee, one person likes tea. Yes. it's We are all different in, in one way or another. And I think it's just we need to, as a community, accept that, unfortunately, this is one thing that our community has that we've never been able to shake. And for that reason, on issues like this, we've got to come together. So even if you don't use audio description, even if you think, Stephen, shut the hell up about audio description. The truth is, this matters to a lot of people, including the three of us. And I don't think we're alone. So we've got to join up. We've got to get together on this. Um Right, that's me. I'm ranted oh, out. Oh, God, I'm but... filling up. That was beautiful. Well so done. Wonderful. It's just, well done. got to do something. It's ridiculous. No, I totally agree. Uh, um, so, yeah. Anyway, you can tell us your thoughts. And tell us what you think as well on this, because I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can email us feedback at ami.ca. Oh, um, I see. Tim, you've got the phone number there. You're in charge of the phone number. I am always <laughs> in charge of the phone number, yes. Uh, you can call <laughs> us at 1-866-509-4545. Right, look, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back. I promise you we're going to lighten up on the other side of this. Uh, this is Double Tap Canada. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. And don't forget our website as well, doubletap.online, which is where you'll find all the articles and all the things we talk about during the week that we don't get to do on air here. Uh, Tim's with us this week, of course, from lifeafterblindness.com. And uh, what's your latest podcast all about, Tim? Well, actually, on the latest podcast, I was lucky enough to get an interview with uh, a gentleman from Envision AI. He talked with me all about, well, first of all, just explaining everything that Envision can do and everything he wants it to do going forward. So not just scanning barcodes and objects and faces and all that, but, but just all the, the many things that it can do. And then he talked about how they're combining that with Google Glass. I know you uh, looked into that when you were at CES, Ooh. and uh, we're really excited mm. about that. And the breaking news out of that conversation is that he's not limiting it to Google Glass. So he said... If Apple, for instance, or any other company, and he said they're actually working with other smaller companies already, any company that brings out smart AR glasses or, or smart glasses of any kind that they can incorporate Envision AI into, 
they are going to do that. They're making that possible. So it won't just be a Google Glass thing. So really good interview there with Kartik from Envision AI, plus a gentleman explaining a, a good story about uh, his blindness and some things that have happened to him that were pretty positive. So yeah, really good, really good new episode. So please check that out. Oh, positive. A positive podcast. I try. I do try. Yeah, yeah. Yes. How unusual. Try to put a positive spin on things. We know that blindness <laughs> is awful and it's not always great, but I do I do try to put a positive oh, spin. It's great. He's, uh, we are his yin to his yang. Yes, or, my yes. balance is being yeah. on this yeah, show every week. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You get the other side of the coin here. Um, okay, well, yeah, check that out. Lifeafterblindness.com. Tim with us every week, which is great. Uh, let's get uh, into some of the emails. Mark Aflalo is joining us. Hello, Mark. Well, hello there. Why am I speaking with an accent? Ooh. Hello. Oh, right, okay. It's not that this week, is it? Right, okay. Let's get into the emails then. Our first email is from Derry Lawler. Hi, guys. Tim, Sean, and Steve. I wonder if I did that in the wrong order. Perfect order. Yes. I do like the feature of what's in your drawers. In mine, I have old digital recorders, the Plex Talk Pocket, and the first Victor Reader. But I do love the Victor Stream 2, which I still use all the time. But going back to Mike, Steve... You told us about the Shure MV88 Plus, which I got. Uh, wow, I love it. But my question is, what are the best apps for recording? I'm using Backpack, but what do you guys use? I also use Goldwave and used to use Reaper. Thanks again, and keep up the good work. Regards, Derry. Oh, that's a good question. Um, recording apps, this is uh, an interesting question. I love this question because it means I can shout at Sean for a while. Um, okay, so, so first things first. Uh, for me, I'm just going to put it out there, just press record. Love that app. Okay, just saying. Yes, and I totally agree. So we're not going to shout at each other. Absolutely amazing app. <laughs> okay. Um, Tim, you, you're a just press record user as well. I'm trying to think what the other ones are that are fairly accessible. I know you can get, like, there's a Sure app, uh, but it is okay. Uh, the only issue is you can get the recordings okay and it's not bad, but a lot of the, the mic settings are quite hard to achieve. Um, yeah, sometimes those apps, the, those company apps that you would say, oh, these are fantastic. Yeah, they might be if you can get the controls to work and if they're yes. accessible with voiceover. You know, yeah, they, they might be fantastic for, for people that can use them. Um, it, it depends on what you're wanting to record things for. So if you're just wanting to get a quick voice memo, just kind of dictate something really quickly for, for later, you know, reference. You know, there are apps that are so much better for that. If you're looking for something to record much higher quality audio, maybe you're wanting to put it on the internet or even just, you know, recording your own podcast or, you know, whatever the purpose is, there are differences. But yes, when it comes to something like just press record, it's fantastic. So easy, big, nice, you know, record button right there in the middle. I do have to admit that Apple has stepped it up and I think it's because of just press record. Their voice memos app over the last couple of years is way better than it ever used to be. It you is. can switch from uh, you know true. a compressed version to a wave file, so you can actually get an uncompressed file in there now uh, and change the quality. And it's so much easier to use. You can actually tie it into uh, Siri shortcuts, so you can just say you know record a, a note, and it will just pop up and record. So so I do like that. Backpack is really good. If people don't know that's basically the newest version of um, Boss Jock Studio, Studios. wasn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. the one. That's a that's a that's a great app, but Backpack Studio, like you say, that's the one that it's um it's replaced by. I don't really know if I'm honest if I like that or not. <laughs> I haven't tried it yet. I mean, I, I liked Boss yeah, Jock I, as it was. I haven't, so. 
Yeah, I haven't tried Backpack yet. I loved Boss Chalk Studio and even Boss Chalk Jr. that they had come out later was, oh, was yeah, fine. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but it just had some limited features. So yeah, I loved Boss Chalk for such a long time. I actually started my podcast as I've noted in the past, in the back of our car in the garage using Boss Jock uh, just to get the best sound, which which I thankfully have upgraded from. (laughs) That was the X-rated podcast. (laughs) I I hope the backpack is just as good as that was. But if you're really looking for something like that higher end on a phone or on a tablet, uh, I think you've dipped into this a little bit, Stephen. Ferrite Studio is fantastic. The free version you can do quite a bit with, but even just to pay, I think it's 20 or $30 one-time fee, and it unlocks everything basically that a Reaper or Audacity could do on your home computer oh, on your desktop. And, and if, well, if, especially if you pair a Bluetooth keyboard with it, I feel like it's not much different than using Audacity on my computer, quite honestly. <laughs> okay. Well, have you tried it, Sean? Have you actually used Ferrite Studio? Um, no, no. Well, look, I'll admit I haven't used it since it first came out, and that was a while ago. So it may be totally different now. But I don't know. To say it's on the same level as Audacity or Reaper, I find that really hard to believe. That's a bold statement to make, my friend. Oh. Well, I, I'll, I'll say this right. I think first of all, Voice Memos is a brilliant show, and it's it's kind of the one we always forget it is, about actually. because it's, yes. It's good. I mean, it's perfectly fine. The um, and it's actually better than fine if you've got a Mac because it's all synced up across all yeah, the devices. But it's fine if you're into Apple. Yes. Uh, well, you don't even have to be an Apple. As we are. You, you know. Well, we are. Yeah. But I mean, that's right. You just need an iPhone, really. You get the watch as well. Um, yeah, just which press is record. Apple. Come on now. Yeah, but okay. But what other phone is out there that's any good for a blind person? Just saying. Oh, um, so, <laughs> wow. Um, just press record, though. I didn't know this. Uh, David Woodbridge, uh, who presents a podcast over on Vision Australia Radio, he was talking about just press record, and he was talking about the Mac app version, which I didn't even know existed. No. Uh, you know, I knew there was a, a an app, obviously, that I use all the time on the phone. And on the watch, but I didn't realize there was actually an app on the computer. So it's almost like the uh, the voice memo's equivalent. I kind of wonder what the purpose of that is, because essentially it's the same as voice memos. The only one difference with Just Press Record is it will also transcribe content for you, which is handy if you've got someone who uh, maybe you're taking notes and someone's giving you a phone number. That can be quite useful because it'll literally type it out for you. Um yeah. I like that kind of thing. But uh, beyond that, at Ferrite Studio, I have mucked around with, and I agree, and I'm seeing a lot of blind people using iPads with it. uh, Yes. Because you've got the keyboard option there. But you're right, you could use the the same option with a keyboard attached to your phone, and it would do the same Mm. thing. I may try that one out then. Can you tell me how you spell that, Stephen? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Google it. So, um, (laughs) without looking, I believe it's F-E-R-R-I-T-E. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Sean. Ah, oh, um, Tim, you had to help him out. Thanks. Uh-huh. And today's letter is F. <laughs> um, so, moving on swiftly. That's every day's letter. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone starts that way. Yeah. Um, Stop it. Okay, so um, let's talk about Reaper. Because, um, Sean, how are you getting on with learning Reaper? Whoa, hang on. Well, I thought we were done. Is, is this where I get shouted at? Yes. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. Sorry, what was the question? So, you know Reaper, right? We've been, you and I have been talking about using Reaper for I don't know how long. And yes. um, Garth, um, his second name escapes me, but Garth uh, from Australia. <laughs> that, that couldn't be any more vague if you tried. Garth, Garth from Australia. Of audio pizza, perhaps? That's the guy. That's um, the guy. 
Well, he uh, he did a fantastic series. It was so memorable, I forgot his second name. And uh, <laughs> and where he lives. Poor Carl. Poor Garth. But, uh, yeah, he did a series on this, a four-episode series explaining how to use Reaper. He did a fantastic job with it. Blind guy himself. And, um, yeah, I- I've listened to it four times each episode. And uh, I- I've managed to listen to it in bed whilst falling asleep. So I've kind of... The information has sunk in on how to use it, but I've never actually opened the app to get there to actually use it. But I know I need to because apparently it's a brilliant multi-track audio editor. It is, yes. So I use Audacity for all the editing for this show and everything I do. Audacity is fantastic. It's if you think to yourself at any point, listeners, that you know this, the, the show is terribly edited, it's just awful, then yes. you know why, because he's using Audacity. Because you oh, know Stephen's done that one. Um, but yeah, all exactly. the rest I do. Um, but yes, it's great, though. It is great, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic and so accessible and cross-platform and everything. But Reaper, there's no denying, Reaper is a proper um, digital audio workstation. Yes, it is proper. really up there that professionals, professionals. can use. Yeah. Yes, that's why I don't use it. But it's, it is really good. And, you know, using the Osara plugin, it is accessible. And there's, it is a great one. But you know what it is? It's just like the people that don't want to go to Windows 10 from Windows 7. I know what I'm doing here. I feel comfortable in Audacity. And moving to the other one and that learning curve, I just can't face it at the minute. It's as simple as that. Reaper is amazing. And if you are coming into audio editing, then Reaper is definitely the one you should start with. You have no idea what you're doing any point of the day. What are you talking about? Wow! Where did that come from? That was uncalled for. Totally out of order. Unbelievable. Listen, I remember last week you were kicking off. I can't remember what it was about now, but you were kicking off about something last week. Oh, was it because your audio was incredibly low and Tim was blaring out no, my ear no, holes? No, no, we were, we were on air and we were, we were, you were shouting at me about something and you were saying we were, both of us were wrong. Oh, as usual. yeah, that's right. Yes, you yeah, were. So you're getting, Face ID on the SE2. That was the one, yeah. Well, yes. you, you're getting, getting it back now. Um, okay, right, I think we've rung out this one. Derry, right. uh, thank you uh, for that. And, and also, thanks for mentioning about the What's in Your Drawers segment. Sorry, let me do that properly. What's in your drawers? Um, well, uh, if you want to tell us tech that you found in a drawer you're no longer using, uh, we'd love to hear about it. It's a really interesting conversation that's opened up. Uh, get in touch. Uh, you can email feedback at ami.ca. Speaking of emails, Mark's still here. Another email, Mark? This one is from Thomas Bryan. Hi, guys. Hey, love the show and the items, etc. One thing that does concern me is that so often products get released, but many parts of the world get left out. For example, Siri on Apple TV isn't available in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Another is the show and tell feature by Amazon. Yep. I think this is mainly only available in the U.S. And the new feature for Google Maps to assist blind pedestrians is only in the U.S. and Japan. Plus, many programs on streaming platforms have limited ads in Australia and New Zealand. I don't mean this as a negative, but often great innovation doesn't always flow out to everyone for the wider blind and disability community. Finally, will you be at CSUN? Many thanks, and once again, love the show. Regards, Thomas. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, Stalker alert. Um, But no, listen. um, uh, We are not going to be at CSUN. Just means that you're popular if you have a stalker. Is that what it means? Right, okay. Um, Well, no, no, Thomas, we're not going to be at CSUN. Uh, Sadly, the entire yearly budget for the show went on CSUN, uh, CES, I should say, uh, and my food budget. Um, He's not joking. No, there's no surprise. The funny thing is the fact that nobody really said anything there tells you that everyone knows that's true. Yes. Um, I'm not... 
I, I can't say that I'll get the CSUN because it's on the other side of the country for me and, and quite expensive to get to just personally. But one of the other national conventions is a five-hour drive for me this summer. So I'm working on that one. So we'll see. Oh, okay. Man on the ground. Breaking news. Literally. Well, yes, yes I, I will be the one on the ground, yes. <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to fly there um, or indeed hover when he gets there. He will okay. be the man on the ground. Okay, sorry. Carry yes. on. <laughs> oh, he's picking on me this episode. Wow, what did you do to him, Sean? I, I've, I've totally forgotten. What was the, what was the question? <laughs> he's absolutely right about products being released and not having the full features in other parts of the world. You know, um, Siri on the Apple TV not being available in New Zealand. That seems crazy to me. As that is crazy. Siri's always been on the Apple TV as far as I've known. Well, you know, in the, yeah, the whole point of the fourth generation with that remote control exactly. was all Siri built in. That was the whole point. And the show-and-tell feature, I mean, I don't understand why it isn't the case. And I could say this for a lot of the features when it comes to the smart speakers from Amazon, is why isn't it just a case of flicking a switch and making that feature available in another country? I just don't understand it, so I totally agree. But it's the, again, a little bit of it is going back to the conversation we had earlier about where we stand in society. If this was a, a new feature that was being rolled out and it was only available in one country, there'd be a real kick up for it to have, be available in other countries and it would eventually happen and probably happen quite quickly. Whereas again, this is another example of, ah, we'll get to it eventually. It's not really that big a deal. Um, and I, th- I don't think companies are particularly flippant like that. I don't think Amazon, for example, with the show and tell feature are flippant about it. I think, because they've obviously put the work into it. I think so what's what happened is, is, well, I think the issue is that. Uh, it's a probably a practical issue with that because you've got all these products you would need to have with the barcode you know available so that, that whenever you point the say it's cornflakes at the device it will know those are cornflakes what you don't want to do is roll out that product and say to people right okay so show your cornflakes to the, the amazon echo and it goes no idea um and that's the last thing you want. So obviously there's a library has to be built up of all the products and work has to be done there. I mean, that's the same for if you look at maps, right? I mean, you're not going to launch that transit feature that's in the States to the rest of the world if you don't have all the data in there yet. So I think it's more of a practical thing for companies in that case. Yeah, maps I can understand. The mapping data in certain well, countries sure. can be less than in others. I, I totally understand that. But I don't know. I mean, when it comes to product databases, they are pretty... They've been going a long time, you know, especially when it comes to barcodes. I don't think that's specifically what the show-and-tell feature uses anyway. But, yeah, maybe. I maybe there's some sort of issue there. I don't know how that feature works. I mean... Is what it just is it image recognition? For? I don't just know. Just image, you know, artificial intelligence to, to recognize the images. I don't, I mean, yes, it is tied to a product search in a way because it's tied to that database, but why then should it be so hard to make that database available to that AI in other countries? For something like that, I, I don't understand. I agree with you, Sean, that maps and, and things like that could be more difficult. Even going back to the audio description you know, discussion, there's distribution rights and different com- countries have different rules and, and, and you know, re- legislation and things. But when it comes to just putting in code to make something work, I, I don't get that. Yeah, just make it work. Yeah. Oh, God, we're angry this week, aren't we? Aren't oh, we angry? Guys, it's an angry episode. We are, my God. Oh, we do apologize. I-, I need to have cocoa before we start this program. Really <laughs> we need to do an episode cocoa. of Life After Blindness to get positive. We, we-, we need to Is that the flip <laughs> turn side? it around. Okay, <laughs> spin it all around. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for coming in and uh, reading the emails for us. Oh, thank you, gentlemen, except Steve.
Oh, charming. Oh, um, okay, fine. <laughs> what an episode this week. Right. I like Mark. Uh, yeah, it's funny that. Everyone likes Mark. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, he's on the TV show with me. Uh, that's my show on the TV with Mark, I should say. <laughs> oh, we we'll love that one. Uh, I guess it, you've cut him off. He's out, he's out the room now. Um, okay, the so The promos let's... do have him with top billing, though, I've noticed. No, no, no. We just do that because he's sighted. Oh, um, okay. It's just to be nice. It's to give <laughs> it's them a alphabetical. Place. Yeah, it's alphabetical. <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay, let's talk about some new tech this week, uh, or new apps, or whatever it is we might be using. Uh, I started using an app, and I'm going to review it for you uh, in the coming weeks, because I think it's quite interesting. Uh, there is a Notes app available on the iPhone. I believe there may be a Notes app on uh, Android phones, if you know such a thing even exists. Um, but... <laughs> I'm not answering that because I don't know. <laughs> well, there probably is to some. I'd imagine there probably is a notes app. Google on there. Docs. Yeah, it's not really that. Would it be that? anyway. It who cares, right? Because no one's using it. So um, here's the thing. Wow. Uh, the <laughs> feedback ami.ca mark all hate to Tim yep. Schwartz. <laughs> no hate mail to Stephen Scott. Very wow. Um, but yes, I'm going to talk about Evernote because I have been looking for something that allows me to have a number of notebooks available. I, I used to use OneNote. I really liked OneNote. Uh, it's a bit of a fiddle to use on the PC with JAWS. It is doable. F6 is your friend, and it'll move you around the screen nicely. Um, but I tried the Evernote app. Not I tried the website first because I thought, right, okay, how good will this be? And it was okay. A lot of unlabeled buttons on it, which was a bit of a downside. Uh, so I had no idea. And a lot of missed buttons as well. Actually, that was another key point. I tried it on two different screen readers, and each screen reader gave me different buttons. <laughs> Both of them, I was either missing them or they were unlabeled. So I thought, well, that's not great. Um, so I didn't realize you could download an app. So I did on the Mac, and it's wonderful. It's a brilliant app. It's fully accessible. gives you all the access to your notebooks, and then, of course, any number of notes that you want to have in there. You can insert media on it. So it's great for us. It's great for the kind of content what we do, gathering stories, putting audio in, all that stuff. So it's almost like a little newsroom system to me. I really like it, and I like having everything in one place. You can clip stuff straight from the web, and it can go straight into your Evernote, so you've got it there. I also like the fact that when it does take something from the web, it takes it in the exact form that the website is you're looking at at the time. You know websites change or stories change. If you're looking at a news website, maybe the story will be updated. The information as you've clipped it is exactly how it keeps it. It's not a screenshot, uh, but it almost creates like a little HTML version of that page on yeah. your doc, which is brilliant. Uh, so, you know, lots of interesting features, lots of sharing, lots of collaboration work. Um, so I, I'm I'm pitching this one at the moment. I'm saying this is a good app. I've yet to install it on a PC. Uh, hilarious uh, course of events this week with my PC. JAWS not working <laughs> properly and had to reset my whole computer. Um, <sighs> yeah, don't get me so started on that. Yeah. <laughs> just, what we, what we, and, of course, yeah, and activating JAWS, you and I had all kinds of fun doing that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've had a bit of a week with it. So I haven't been near the PC with it. But the Mac side of it is very accessible. The app on the iPhone is very accessible. I will try it on the Android phone, just make sure it's uh, usable, you know, for those that use it. And, um, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm quite impressed. So I will I'll do a, a fuller review in the coming weeks. Impressive. Ooh, I look forward to it because collaboration apps are something that, from an accessibility point of view, have been an absolute nightmare. Yeah, exactly. We've been talking about this for ages. We've all been wanting to share ideas, notes, stories, you know, in-document working and all that. Uh, very difficult to do because a lot of it is web-based. 
and you're reliant on that web interface being accessible. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, web accessibility and those working areas, like, for example, Word Online or Pages Online yeah. or even Evernote or any of these things, they are quite difficult, I think. Um, we use WordPress for our website, and you know I, I don't like the, the web interface at all. I'd much rather use an app. I use Mars Edit on my PC, on my uh, Apple Mac. Mac. I use that, which I think is a brilliant app. I haven't found an equivalent good one on the PC yet, but that's a brilliant app for keeping your blogs up to date. Just you know, marketing out a blog is very easy, simple to use, and it sends it straight up to the blog. Um, and you know, on the on on the the iPad or on the iPhone, I'll just use the WordPress app, which I know, Tim, you're a big fan of. Oh, I love using the WordPress app. And it's a shame because they've added the Gutenberg editor to WordPress, which is really, really good if you can see it and it was accessible yeah. with, with a screen reader. And it, it can work in a way. I mean, I've tried to use it on... Turn it off. Uh, well, and I have. I revert <laughs> to the classic editor every time I, I put up a post uh, for my website. And it just works easier for me. It's a lot simpler. The Gutenberg editor, I mean... It, it's semi-accessible, but it's just so much. There's there's so many different things to to find and tab through and arrow through, and it just gets too clunky and 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 too much to get through. And so I just like a simple, nice editor. And uh, so yeah, on, on my phone or tablet or even on my computer, I always revert to a classic editor to make it simple because it always seems like everybody's saying, "Oh, use Gutenberg, it's amazing." And I'm like, "Yeah, you must be sighted because it's not working well for me." Yeah, um, Sean. This week, you uh, have been trying out a light bulb? Yes, I know. I'm cutting edge. I know. <laughs> right. Okay. So I okay, need your help on this. Let me explain this a little bit. <laughs> I need your help on this one because I've got actually two items of technology which I'm conflicted about. So okay. I took the plunge and I bought a one singular smart light bulb. Okay. It was a cheap Brilliant. deal of the day offer. I'm having it. I'm going to try it out. Bought that. And I also bought a wireless charger. Okay, so smart bulb. Really excited by this. Didn't need a hub. It's just a Wi-Fi. You just connect it to your Wi-Fi home network. And that's it. Finds it. Works really well. Um, you know, turn the lights on. You can change colors. So when I'm in the mood for love, I can change the color to red. Everyone knows. It's amazing. I love it. But the trouble... Hang on. Are we talking about food here? <laughs> yes. The trouble is... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it makes you feel better. The trouble is, every other member of my family switches the light off using the light switch. Yeah. Rather than the much easier and more convenient way of saying, you know, Lady A, turn off so-and-so light, which is, we all know, much better, they just flick the switch. And when you turn it off at the light switch, it's no longer available to the network. It turns it off, you know, no power. So it's driving me crazy because every time I do want to use it, it's not available. So I love it, but I also hate it at the same time. Which brings me to my wireless charger. Um, iPhone 11, okay, I'm going to try the wireless charger. It's got to be a great thing, right? So a tiny little thing like the size of a cup coaster you'd put on your coffee table. A micro USB, plug it in, and then when you place your phone on it, it charges up. What sounds fantastic. I was thinking, well, you still need a cable. And basically, the cable is only like two inches away from the phone anyway. So uh, is this really going to be useful? But 
in practice, it actually is. Just being able to place the phone on the shelf on top of the wireless charger and it starts charging is actually great. It's fantastic. But again, I have noticed a slight problem with it and that is you should be able just to throw your device down on this mat and it starts charging. But sometimes, quite often in fact, if you don't get it in just the right position on the mat, it doesn't charge. So instead of just walking into a room, throwing your phone down on this charging mat on the coffee table and it starts charging, what you find yourself doing is placing it onto the mat and then just waiting around until you hear the ting charging sound. And if it doesn't, then you just nudge it a little bit to the left. And is it doing it now? Why? That just totally goes against the whole thing that wireless charging should be. Okay, Stephen, so so you're going to have to kind of scoot over here because now it's my turn. Sean, you describe oh. this as great, but yet it's so frustrating. See, here's the problem I have with wireless chargers. It's not truly, really wireless. Yes, you're not plugging something into your phone, but you still have to plug it into the wall, put it basically where you would have had your charger sitting most likely anyway, mm. have to position mm. the phone or other device mm. exactly perfectly on the wireless charging mm-hmm. pad I'd rather just plug it in. I don't get it. It's not there yet. This is a technology that I'm excited about for like five or 10 years from now when I can just be on my device and it's charging magically through the air somehow and I don't even have to put it on a pad, which I've actually read that that's being worked on. So that that may not be too far away. But right now, as they are, I don't really get wireless charging because it's just, to me, there's no functional difference to it than just plugging it in. Oh, you're both idiots. No, honestly, this what? is terrible. We're on opposite uh, ends. How are you going to argue each just, opposite end in here. the middle? <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? So, you know, I bought a stand for my phone, not a, not a little pad that you guys have got. I don't I have a, a pad. Stand. I have a docking station that I plug in. But yes, go on. Okay, so, but my little stand, you just put the phone on it, and it, you don't have to do anything. You just put the phone on it, and it starts charging because the phone and the wireless charger are obviously built so that when the phone sits there, it just charges. So you've both bought the wrong thing. Well, actually, Stephen, I bought that as well. So I do have a wireless charging stand next to my mixer. So what's right your here, problem? Which works really well. So, there yes, you know, in that case, it's okay. But these pads and these... Um... Yeah, they're terrible. Don't buy them. Okay. Thank you. I'll send it back. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> what, about, what about smart light bulbs? I right. know you've got a few of those. I've got about 17 of them in my house. Yeah, I love them. I absolutely love them. When you combine them with motion sensors, as I've done for upstairs in the hall and downstairs when you come in, uh, you know, it means my wife and I can come in when it's really dark outside. We'd have to fumble around looking for a light switch. You know, we just walk in and the light comes on. Uh, I absolutely love it. And bizarrely, my wife has totally got on board with all of this. She loves (sighs) all of it. That's not the bizarre bit, I should say. Uh, just, for, just for clarity, I don't like the sofa that much. I don't want to sleep on it again. Um, but what is interesting is she will not turn any of the lights off. She's totally on board with leaving all the lights on and doing it properly, oh, well. except in the bedroom. She always turns the lights off in the bedroom. I don't There's something get to be said there, but let's move there, on. There's an implication there, Stephen, yes, that I think maybe, you're missing. Maybe there is, yes. yeah. Uh, guys, we are out of time, but thank you so much, as always, for being here. I am so looking forward to next week, as I always do. Tim, we didn't get a chance to talk about your new tech, and in particular, one new accessible game or audio-described game uh, trailer we were going to play you, and also a discussion around that game. We'll do that next week, all right? We'll get into that next week, plus lots more. Also, keep telling us 
what's in your drawers get in touch feedback at ami.ca Tim and Sean thanks a lot guys thank you thank you very much don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30pm Eastern on AMI-tv for more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott this was an AMI podcast for more accessible media visit AMI.ca This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.